Hey everyone, it's Christine, and our guest today is a leader and a change maker in the real estate industry. She's incredibly inclusive, and her passion is creating opportunity for others, whether that be home ownership, leadership, or a better quality of life. She's a real estate agent, broker owner, speaker, fair housing advocate, and the founder of the nonprofit Loving Me First. Kama Burton is with us today, and I'm so excited for you to hear her story. In this episode, she shares her leadership principles, mindset hacks, and the strategies she uses to uplift others in her community. This is one you don't want to miss. Kama, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. All right. So we're going to go, we're going to just dig right in. First question I want to ask you is, can you share your journey into real estate um, and what inspired you to open CMB? You know, it's crazy. My my story is just a little bit different from probably other people. I actually got into real estate because I was going through a really bad marriage. My husband was controlling. He was controlling my moves, my thoughts, just everything. It was so bad. I was working for a lending company as a um, reception a receptionist. And while I was there, sometimes he would call me and tell me to come home. This needs to be done. His car broke down. He didn't care. And it was getting to the point I was so embarrassed that I said, you know what? I can't do this. So I ended up quitting after a while and I started looking for something where I can work from home. And I didn't think about lending because I had been told by the manager at the time who said that when I told her I was interested in becoming potentially a loan officer because I love the way they move, the freedom of their time. I was like, and I could spend time at home with my kids. I was excited about it. Well, she ended up telling me that I was probably not going to do well in lending because it was too fast paced for me. So she never gave me a chance. So that I just immediately, I just said, you know what? It's okay. Come to find out, truth be told, she was in, uh, she was being investigated for discrimination with two other minority employees. And so when I found that out, I said, okay, that makes sense. But I was still turned off from the lending. So I decided to look for something at home, not realizing what it is. I just seen this big thing in the newspaper that says work from home. So I contacted them and ironically, it was a real estate company. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can work from home and sell real estate and still be with my kids. So I said, well, let me just try it and see. And that's how I got into real estate. It was almost, I don't want to say a fluke, but it was just, I needed something that I can stay home with my kids, still be there for them as their mom. I wanted to watch them grow up, be a part of everything that they were a part of. And real estate was the vehicle for me to do so. That's, it's very typical. You said it's not, it's not a typical story. Maybe the way it started wasn't typical, but so many women like yourself want the flexibility to, you know, be able to be at home with their kids. And so I totally appreciate that. And of course, what you found out was it's really not that flexible. You have to be on 24 seven, right? Right. And you have to show up for houses and show houses. And I didn't think about that part, you know? So, yeah. So, yeah. But it was definitely, it's been definitely, definitely worth it, which is how it's brought me to opening up my brokerage. My brokerage is CMB. And I tell people, because they're like, what is CMB? CMB is the initials of all of my children. It's Clifford Marquise, Cheyenne Monique, and Christopher Michael Burton. So I wanted to give them something because they're my heart. They're everything to me. So I wanted to give them something that had their name on it. And that was the best way to do it without having this long name. <laughs> they have their initials with CMB Realty Services. But it goes back to 
me wanting to be at home and have the freedom and flexibility just on my own. And when I opened up uh, CMB, it was because of the need of me feeling like I, I got a lot of stuff from different brokerages. I had been to probably about nine brokerages before I opened my own office. And I wanted to be able to give agents something that I wasn't getting from one broker. I had one broker that did just about everything except training. But by this time, I'd been in the industry, I don't know, 15 years or so and or 14 years. And he told me, he said, Kyle, I don't do training, but I'll tell you this. He has been, if I needed something, he was there. He basically gave me almost everything. So when I opened my office, I wanted to give my agents everything that I wanted, which was support, education, training, visibility, you know, to know that their broker is here and that they care. That's awesome. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about education and training because I know that's really important to you. Um, what are the key lessons or the principles that you emphasize um, to agents who come to work for you or who a- agents, whether they're seasoned or new to the industry and they want to advance their careers? Well, one of the things I, em- I truly emphasize is know your contracts. I'm shocked how many agents that's been in the industry just as long as I have. I've been in the industry for 19 years. They still don't know and understand the contract. And I believe that purchase contract explains everything from A to Z of how the deal is to go. Now, will issues come up? Absolutely. Where problems come up short, things are going to happen. However, if you can go back to that purchase agreement, you'll understand how to navigate or how and where to go to get your your problem solved. So definitely understanding your contracts, your forms. And staying up to date with with what's happening in the market. Yes, we're entrepreneurs, but there's so much that's happening in our industry because people don't understand how it works. Sometimes people are more focused on, I need to get the business. My question is this, when you get the business, how do you keep the business? How do you maintain the business? How do you stay in business? So those are some of the key things that I, I definitely encourage people to do. That's awesome. I mean, I think that's those are two biggest two of the biggest challenges I see um, with real estate professionals is, you know, one is that you're right. They don't know all the forms. They don't know all the contracts. And quite honestly, that's not their strength. I mean, they're people, people, right? They're right. people. So they, the forms and all that, the contracts, the legalese and stuff, you know, they don't really want to get into that. So that's definitely, definitely something I see a lot. And also you're right. Like, how do you not just get the business? How do you maintain it? How do you keep it? How do you, how do you, you know, sustain it for the long term? I mean, those are, that's all through relationship building, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you talked in in the beginning about your, the, the lending business and how you experienced bias there. You are a certified trainer for the National Association of Realtors. Um, where you train real estate professionals on bias override and fair housing. So what are some of the most common, I guess, biases in the industry that you have experienced or you see, and how do you advise your agents to overcome them? Well, I, I would say for me, it's one of the biases, believe it or not, is a lot of my clients that I've dealt with in the past, some of them that I'm dealing with now is down payment assistance. There are so many people out there that believe if someone gets down payment assistance, that that means they don't qualify for a property or they can't afford a property. One of the things that I remind people is this, as long as you are pre-approved for a deal, for a property, 
you're pre-approved. It doesn't matter where the money is coming from. The question is, can you close on the deal? And I deal with a lot of minority buyers. So if, if you look at the statistics, I was looking at some statistics under the National Association of Realtors, and it stated that um, about 11% of, of deals in, I want to say, 2022 that came from down, down payment assistance were from Black borrowers. And I believe the next number was 9% for Hispanic, and it went down um, from there, depending on the, the race and ethnicity. So those are one of the things that we deal with. And people tell you some people, they don't want it. They don't want to show the property. They, they want somebody that has certain, certain, um, you know, or have money or what have you. And, and it's a problem because people just want access to home ownership. Generational wealth is, it's important. And I will say, only because I've studied a lot, especially with with our uh, black population, generational wealth was snatched from us. And now we're we we're trying to myself and others are speaking about it. There are still people out there that has this mindset of it will never happen for me. So I'm not going to even try. So kind of changing that narrative and, and talking to people to let people know that regardless of what you think, is the person approved? Did their lender say yes? And can they close the deal? That that's all that that matters. And same thing with the people in my office; they're dealing with that as well as uh, well. I won't say this is the bias, so I won't I won't say that. But they are dealing with a lot of people that are dealing with the lower lower end of of pricing, and they're needing the down payment assistance, and it's just not helping us when we're trying to write offers. That's so frustrating. It's so it frustrating. It, it gives me goosebumps just to hear you talk about the realities of that in this day and age. I hate that it still exists. Um, it does. And, and I, I want to share something with you. So one of my agents, and this is more of just to me, blatant discrimination. And when you talk about a bias, <laughs> so I want to say about a couple of months ago, back in 2023. So this is recent. Okay. Very, very recent. My agent is out in the, the Palm Springs area and he attends an open house that just so happened was on a, a Tuesday or Wednesday. It was a weekday. He walks in because he has clients and investors that were looking in that area. The moment he walked in, it was a white female. The first thing she says is, um, this, this property is too high for your clients. When I tell you, I am so glad that wasn't me. <laughs> and I'm so glad I wasn't close enough to go back. And I said, did you get the information? He said, you know, boss, I just left. He always called me boss. You know, but I just left. I said, are you kidding me? Oh my God. No. There was no hello. There was no, how may I help you? There was no, here's the information. It was, this home is too high for your clients. <gasps> Do you know my clients? So the, that was so blatant. And like I said, this was 2023. We're not talking about 1950s, 1800s. We're talking about, basically yesterday. So these are things that, yeah. Wow. Like, Hey everyone, do you ever feel like you're juggling too many balls, like kids, clients, marketing, and maybe even your own well-being? What if I told you the key to balancing it all comes down to your daily habits? Your success isn't solely about transactions or mastering the market. It's also about cultivating a life you love. And that all starts with your daily ritual. If you're finally ready to take back control of your time, then do yourself a favor and go to postandbeamcreative.com slash lifestyle daily ritual download to get your free and instant 
access to our daily ritual. We created this resource to make sure you have the roadmap to transform your entire lifestyle, both business and well-being. So head on over to postandbeamcreative.com slash lifestyle daily ritual download to download your daily ritual. After you download it, implement it for 30 days and then come back and let me know how it's changed your life and your business. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Can't you? That's that's ethically wrong, right? Like, I I mean, oh, completely. Can you? I mean, we're on a podcast here. It's it's so. I I don't know if we can report it only because how do we have proof when someone says something verbally? Unless he recorded it, she could have denied it. She could have said, well, no, he came in and said that his client was pre-approved for 300 and this home is 500. So it's so hard unless somebody put it, puts it in writing. If they blatantly email you, text you or verbally, you, you, you have a recording. That's very, very hard to do. That's what's harder. I think in that moment, I would have been so shocked that somebody would speak to me that way that I wouldn't, it would have caught me off guard. I wouldn't have known what to do, but in hindsight, like, I, I don't know, I would have turned on the audio record on my phone or I would have asked more. I don't like, that I don't know. That's wrong. That's so it wrong. It's so hard because when you're in the moment, yeah, you really don't think about it. And that's what's so hard about it. I, I mean, I had this lady who wouldn't even let me in a new home build, me and my client back in 2022, because when I walked up, it was no hello. It was just, how may I help? No, not how may I help you. She looked at me. I said, hi, I'm here for my four o'clock appointment. No, I just said, I'm here to view the properties. She said, well, I have a four o'clock. I said, well, I am your four o'clock. I said, my name is Kyla Burton. This is my client. We have a four o'clock. We are, and I said it like this because now I knew what was happening, what was going on. Mm-hmm. So we're standing outside and I said, okay, are we going to go inside? Mind you, it's cold, it's drizzling. Are we going to go inside? Oh, we can't let anybody in because it was during, during the people were still not letting everybody right in. But if you had an appointment with this new home build, you were able to go in because she had just walked somebody out. Literally, she wouldn't let us go in. She actually had us go. She went and got the paperwork. She brought it outside. Now it's drizzling. I'm writing on it and I am livid. We get into the property. She starts showing us around a little bit and then she just stops. Oh, you guys can just go and look at the property. So by this time, my client is saying, I have a good feeling about this. Um, I don't. Her back started hurting because she started getting stressed. She said, I need to sit down. And just in that moment, I said, don't worry about it. I will report her because this is discrimination. And I know they have, um, I know they can hear us. Within moments, the lady comes in. Is there anything else I can do to help you guys if you need some? Just her whole attitude changed. But it was more that happened in there. But I reported her because I said, you know, I told the person, I said, you know, I've worked with you. I brought clients to you. I've had you come and speak at events. And I said, this is not going to be tolerated. So I wrote a formal complaint against her um, in regards to that. And they tried to offer my client all types of stuff. She said, I will not even purchase from this company. And I have not showed property uh, to the, I, I've showed not in, in that that particular one. We I never show property again over there because of that. Yeah, I I I I don't blame you. Unfortunately, like you might have a client that wants a particular property, and you might because of that need to work with somebody. But I think the most important thing about what I know about you, comma, is that a you don't you don't take it, you don't tolerate it, you report it if need be, and. More importantly than that is you're out there talking about this, you know, not just to me, you're, I know that you are 
speaking, you are on the circuit and you're talking about bias, you're talking about leadership, you're talking, you're, you're teaching your agents how to combat this, yes. how to negotiate through it, how to deal with it, how to make sure that you're able to serve your clients and, yes. and in a fair, unbiased way. And I think we need more people like you doing Thank that. You. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Everybody it's needs a, to stand up. Work, but... It's hard work. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's worth it. It's worth it. I mean, what a legacy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. For your kids. Let's um let's talk about leadership. Yeah. Um, because I believe you're the first black president of the Inland Association. So is that right? I'm the bl- first black female president. Even yeah, better. Of the Inland Valleys, yes. <laughs> Even better. Um, yes, yes, in 2022. That's awesome. So what have been your biggest challenges? And and your your tell me about some of your accomplishments as well since you've been in that role. Well, I will tell you one thing that I find with leaders, leader, leaders lead before they are in roles. I believe once you're president, there's not much more that you can do because you're here, you're in there, you're working and you're out. So I believe that with me, one of the things that I've started, I started years before then um, educating. I love educating. That is that is what that's just what I do. And especially educating people in our industry. So one of the biggest things that I wanted to do in 2022 was to make sure that I had continued uh, to give the education and the information about the industry changes, you know, whatever I can train on, whatever trainers I can bring in so that we can stay educated at our association. So that's something that I did and I'm still doing. Actually, I have a few things already planned for this year. I did some things last year, collaborated with the California Association of Realtors, the National Association of Realtors. So um, I've done quite quite a few when it comes to that. But I will tell you, truth be told, I did not have too many barriers when it came to me being in leadership at my association. I hear a lot of things with other people, but my association has been so embraced. They have embraced me. They have supported me. They've allowed me to be free and open and bring the things to the association that um, that I felt was good for the greater of our membership because I don't serve for myself. I serve for the members. So they've been very supportive literally in every single thing that I do. And I've had probably one of the best experiences um, going into leadership and coming out because in 2024, I decided and beyond, I'm not going to be on the board because I wanted to open up my my chair for someone else who who needs it, and um, I was able to do so. And now I am I am just supporting my association in other ways. I, you know what, I love that. There, well, first of all, I'm so glad that you're having a leadership experience that's, you know, potentially different from other women in your role. But what I also love that you, the way you said you're giving your chair to somebody else who can have that experience. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, because, that's you what, know, that's what we, we do, right? That's what we do. If if we don't open up for someone else, again, this goes back to leadership. I believe and I find that people tend to hold on to things because they don't believe enough in themselves that they can do better and greater in other capacities. I serve better when I can allow other people to work in their in their strengths. 
I am a firm believer of that because there's times that people didn't open their seat for me. There's times where I was pushed aside. There was times I was looked over and not even a thought. And I never, ever want that to be for anybody else. I don't have to hog everything. There's enough in me. There's enough to do for me that I can get out there. I can lead and my voice can still be heard in a way, I can attend my board of directors meeting if I so choose and say, look, I don't agree with something or I highly agree with something. It's it's open. But I'm, I that, that's that's if I really, really need to push a point and they feel like they're not agreeing on something for whatever reason, I can do that. But I can yeah. do that without saying I'm sitting in this chair to do so. So I just oh. figure, why not give somebody else a chance? I love that. If you're in real estate and feeling overwhelmed about staying in touch with your SOI without breaking the bank, we have the solution for you. Introducing Clicks to Closings, our exclusive digital course designed for real estate professionals like you. We understand the struggle of needing a system to connect with your SOI while keeping costs in check. That's why we created this game-changing course. For just a one-time investment of $99, you'll gain lifetime access to Clicks to Closings. It's your comprehensive guide to build targeted email lists, crafting irresistible subject lines, and supercharging your email marketing efforts. Don't miss out on this opportunity to level up your real estate game without breaking the bank. Visit postandbeamcreative.com slash clicks to closings to learn more and sign up today. I love that. I mean, that is true, true leadership, comma, really. Yeah, it is. Thank it's you. giving others the ability to, to rise Yeah, and have yeah. their voice be heard. And I love when, when you say, you know, I don't need to be in this seat to have my voice be heard. I, you know, you're right. You're right. You don't need to be in a leadership role. You don't to lead every, anybody can lead, right? That's right. Um, let's talk about mindset because one of the things I love about you is um, when you get on lately, it's been in your car. Yes. <laughs> um, a month ago, you were walking and you would say, walk with me and you would go live. And a lot of that was, it was all around mindset in both business and life. And I know yes. that that is a big part of what drives you, what helps you to overcome. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how does it shape your overall philosophy? How does it shape your decision-making? How does it shape your attitude? How does it help you get through things? Talk a little bit about mindset. Well, after my divorce, I was really depressed. And what we feel and what we say we are, that's just what we are. And it was not in a good, I wasn't in a good place. It didn't feel good to know that I didn't feel like getting up to go work. I didn't feel like getting up to go wherever. The only thing, honestly, I felt like getting up to do was go to church. That was it. Everything else, I would just be at home I would say no to a lot of things. And I was just so down on myself and it just didn't feel good. And it was like, all that did was continue to keep me down. Mm -hmm. And after a while, when I understood the importance of affirmations, it changed my life, literally changed my life. So every time I felt like I was not beautiful, when I didn't feel like I was loved, when I didn't feel like I was seen, I didn't feel like I was heard, I would literally look at myself in the mirror And I would tell myself, you're beautiful, you're loved, you're successful. People care about what you have to say. And I would do this literally tears streaming down my eyes, although I don't believe it in my heart, but I'm verbally saying it. And I did this for years until it got to a point. Finally, I just said, you know what? I do love myself. I am beautiful. I am enough. I am successful. 
And ever since that started happening, my life started changing. So it was easier for me to get out the bed. No money in the bank, negative, overdrawn on everything. Every credit card I had, if I had one, was all the way over the, the top. Credit's bad. I didn't care. I figured this, this too shall pass. So I began to tell myself positive things, listen to positive people. One of the people that I listened to forever who helped me with this was Les Brown. And if you guys don't know Les Brown, YouTube him, Google him. Les Brown talked about his story, but his voice, the things that he said, it was just, it would just resonate. I felt like he was talking to me and I realized that he, he said this quote, he said that if you fall on your back, I mean, if you fall, fall on your back, because if you can look up, you can get up. And that's what happens. We fall on our back, right? We're just like, oh my gosh. But then if you can look up, you can see everything around you to see that you are needed and that you are wanted in this world. And then I started having people pour positive stuff in me and telling me, oh, comma, you're this and you're that. And I'm like, what do these people see in me? Because I don't see this. <laughs> but slowly but surely, I started seeing myself and I'm still struggling with some stuff. But I'll tell you this, as long as I have breath in my body, I, I cannot complain. There's people that cannot move. There's people, I know a young lady that's in her 20s right now. She had a seizure um, a few months ago, back in 2023, she had a seizure. And to this day, her whole life is gone. She can't do anything. She's in a home. She can't move. She can't, she will never have a, a, a life. So why do I feel like even if I'm having a bad day, that I have to show everybody that I got to tell my day that myself that this too shall pass. So those are the things that I do. I just feel like when you have a positive, those things, think those things as though they were. So when you have a positive mindset, you're going to have a positive day. So that's, that's my philosophy. Yeah. I, I love that. So what happens though, when you, when you're having a bad day, like how do you shift that mindset? What I normally do for one, I try to keep quiet to myself. I start working and literally when I start working, I love working. I love working. So I start working and I re I remember, you know, that I have, there's so much greater and better. I start thinking about what I've done in the past to get myself out of it. Or yeah. I'll give my friends a call to say, look, uh, it's just what it is today. Or how are you? I'm not good. This is what I'm dealing with. And then I have friends that'll talk me into uh, positivity. Yeah, that's awesome. Love that. I love that. Um, I love taking walks with you when you're live on Facebook. So get back to that. <laughs> I will. I will. I promise you I will. Um, the last question I have for you before we start to wrap up is I want to talk about the Loving Me First initiative. I think it's kind of a natural segue to what we were just chatting about. It's your nonprofit. Yes. Um, and like number one that you created a nonprofit is just astounding to me. It's amazing. Um Tell me about it. What kind of impact is it having? And who do you serve? And what kind of impact is it having on the community? Sure. So let me first started because of me going through everything that I had explained. Um, and I realized that I had to love myself first and know myself first before I can truly, not, I won't say before, but I just need to love myself first. Because if I'm taking care of everybody else and loving everybody else and I'm not loving myself, that I, I'm going to stay miserable. And that, that's what was happening. I made sure everybody around me was taken care of and I didn't take care of me. So I, I decided that when I, I realized that when you love who you are first, it's that much harder for somebody to say something negative for somebody to treat you wrong and you just take it because people are going to be people. It doesn't mean that I will never be treated wrong. People will always be nice to me, but I know how to handle myself because I know who I am because I love who God has created. 
So from that, originally, I wanted to help those that were uh, affected by domestic violence, both directly and indirectly, because I looked at myself and I looked at my kids. I was directly, my kids were indirectly because they have to witness and see some of the things that we went through. But God took it another way where I am now mentoring young girls to help them build self-esteem because that's where it starts. You help someone build their self-esteem at a young age. If you can start early, then they can be able to do those things that they want in life. They can be happy, more happy in life earlier, sooner than later than some of us have been. So I serve girls from um, elementary school, so fourth grade up to 12th grade. And what we do is we put on events in the community. We put on uh, uh, seminars and workshops so that we can just continue to pour into our girls. And we have a mentorship program where we're contracted through a couple of the local school districts. Where we, When I say we, my daughter helps me, Cheyenne. Cheyenne, uh, matter of fact, she's probably, um, she, well, she does this. We have eight schools we're in. She does this so eight times a week for an hour that she goes in um, and she teaches the girls how to build self-esteem. She actually went through my program when she was in high school. So the program started because of her and the drama that was happening in high school. She was like, Mom, I wish you could share the stuff that you share with me. And an opportunity opened. And so we brought it. And now she is the mentee who is helping the girls um, as I work on some other things to help us build. So how long has it been in in place? Uh, We have been around for nine, eight years, eight, eight years, eight or nine years. I think we're in our ninth year um, or eighth year this year. Yeah. Now, Love Me First has been around, I don't know, we're in our ninth year because Love Me First, we're going to be celebrating 10 years next year, which we're already working on. We're celebrating 10 years next year. And yes, we are in our ninth school year with the mentorship. Oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. So how can we support it? Is there a place to donate money? Yes. Yes. You can go to Loving Me First and it's the first is spelled out. Now we, our name is Loving Me First 1ST, but with the um, website is Loving Me First spelled out dot org. And you can go in there and donate. We take all types of donations from, uh, of course, monetary is always great. If somebody says, you know what, I want to send a certain amount of money and sponsor, you know, a month where, cause we feed the girls as well. And that comes out of our, our pockets. So monetary is always great. You can also, if there's some things you want to send on Amazon, we can send you a list of things that we may need. We do affirmations and vision boards with the girls. So we supply certain things. We give them a self-care kit, uh, usually towards the end of the school year, uh, where we'll give them like deodorants and, um, just a little stuff that lotion, pens, like a little self-care slash emergency kit. So donations of those as well. So anything, and you can do the contact us and I respond pretty quickly. Oh my God. That's awesome. And so when do you sleep? <laughs> I sleep every night at really good from about 11, no, about midnight to six to seven o'clock. <laughs> Oh my God, I adore you. Um, So what three pieces of advice would you want to leave our community with? Because we talked about a lot. We talked about fair housing. We talked about leadership. We talked about education. Um, You know, we talked about mindset, giving back. What are the three biggest things you want to leave our community with? Um, For one, I want to encourage other people to love who you are first. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. It doesn't matter your title. It doesn't matter anything. None of that matters. Because when you love who you are first, you become a better person for not only yourself, but the people around you. The next thing I would do, uh, would say is 
empower others. Life is not about you. It's about empowering others in different capacities to encourage them and recognize them for what it is that they do. So that way they can go and be a better person as well. And the last thing I would say is educate yourself. Education is key. Knowledge is key. And when you stay educated and you stay focused, it just takes you to different levels. It makes you feel good and confident about who you are, what you're doing. And again, it just supports you and those that are around you as well. Oh, those are great. Those are great uh, words of advice. Um, Okay. Last thing, finish this sentence. Mm -hmm. No like trust is. No like trust is everything. 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 Yeah. Kind of sums up the your three pieces of advice, you know? Yeah. It's love, it's empowerment, it's, you know, knowledge. It's awesome. Kama, thank you so much for being here today. It's been a pleasure as always. And you have made my day. Um thank you. Yeah. I appreciate so, this time. Absolutely. And for everyone who is listening. Um, Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of No Like Trust for Real Estate. And I'll look forward to seeing you next time. Ciao.